You're listening to The Big Show with George Russick and Matty Rose on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Live for Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio, it's The Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. No Matty Rose, he's off today, Mr. Patrick Dumont. Shan, GVP, bottom of the hour, Frank Cervalli, NHL Daily Faceoff will join us. John Rose to the MLB Network, tweeting out that a Shohei decision, Shohei Otani decision is, quote, imminent. Imminent, which is super exciting. Could it be the Toronto Blue Jays and shining so- Shohei Otani? Something I never thought I'd be <laughs> saying that would be a legitimate thing. Um, also, we're doing our uh, day five of the Wild Rose Brewery, um, 12 Days of Christmas. Uh, the Flames come back uh, to win games like I always come back to blank. The Flames come back to win games like I always come back to blank. 960-960, name and location. All right, a couple things I teased before the break. Uh, let's do the Shohei Otani stuff because John yeah. Morosi fronted the show. Um, he's on MLB Network, and obviously everyone's super horny to find out what's going on with Shohei Otani. Mm-hmm. Like everyone is. Well, it's the biggest news in sports world Yeah, right it's now. the biggest sports story in the world. Well, yeah, in the world right now it yep. is. Yeah. Um, he was on MLB Network this morning. Uh, we got some audio to play for yes. you right here. So let's do that. We'll discuss. And we'll get to Shan's private airplane tweet in a second, too. Let's do it. There were still five teams involved, we believe. Uh, I do know this, that in the last week since his visit to Dunedin, Florida on Monday, momentum has built for the Blue Jays. I will stress and say we do not have this confirmed as to where he's going to go. Just that in the last several days, the Jays have certainly improved their standing. And for a long time, the Dodgers have been regarded as the favorites. And that was still the case as of the middle of this week. But again, this is now happening, I think, in real time today. I I do believe that this final group of teams does involve the Blue Jays and the Dodgers. I'm not sure how many other teams are in that final group. And uh, we should be hearing, we believe, sometime in the next 24 hours. We are. Okay, oh boy. Uh, So strap in. Um, The decision, according to John Morosi, is imminent. And uh, Shan talked about a private jet. Tweet. So, according to flight trackers, and people are so weird. Um, I've seen. I'm watching this on. Twitter. Why is it too. always with Trontonians? In yes. This, in these. I like flights. this. So, uh, I saw this on Twitter, and again, this is from this JP guy at Canadian Poly 101. So, according to this guy, who's a, some sort of expert, which okay. he's not, uh, a private jet from Anaheim to Toronto has popped up on flight trackers departing at 9 a.m. Pacific. Uh, that's uh, 10 10 a.m. Calgary time. Uh, I don't want to go full Kauai here, but it isn't common to see such a flight between those two airports. It's not, or it is. How do you know? Like, I can't trust anything I see on Twitter It's right now when it comes to airplanes. Please. No. It, like, I can trust John Morosi telling me that there's an imminent decision for Shohei Otani, but this no, dude telling me, oh, it's not common. Air. It's not? Really? I'm not worried about those right now. Uh, planes, private jets fly frequently from either LAX or John Wayne Airport in Los Angeles to either Pearson or Billy Bishop daily. It's two massive markets in North America. Yeah, it seems to be, yeah, oh, LA Toronto on the day Shohei Otani is going to be making a uh, a decision. Okay, so... We just need uh, to be tempted here. We just need to be temper okay. our expectations. So what I'm seeing this, this on Twitter this? right now, and this is hilarious. Your, your, your smile. Um, according to um, underdog betting specialist... <laughs> Who has thirty seven hundred followers oh, on Twitter? That's more than me. 
Um, report, Shohei Otani has signed a 10-year, $600 million deal with the Toronto Blue Jays, as per source. <laughs> per source. Sources, yeah. trust me, bro. Yeah. yeah trust Who's me, source? Bro. Yeah, trust me, bro. <laughs> yeah. But 10 years at $600 million sounds about right, that's to be just, honest with that's you. That's just what it's going to cost, right? Yeah. You tack so on according to more because of those taxes. At Underdog Special, who follows me on Twitter, by Does the way. Does he? Uh, I don't know why you would. I barely tweet. But uh, sports betting professional, patron. Gamble at your own risk. Thank you. He's saying that the Blue Jays have signed a 10-year, $600 million deal for Shohei Otani. Uh, and somebody wrote in the comments, source, voices in your head. Uh, maybe. But uh, that would be incredible if, in fact, that is true. All right. Uh, so we have our eyes glued to Twitter right now um, in case Shohei Otani makes his decision. But we could be seeing a, a deal here in Calgary after what we saw last night. Because once I saw this happen, I'm like, the spidey sense started tingling. You know, the antenna started popping up from my head. Mm. Joseph Hall goes down in Toronto. Who knows how long he's going to be out for? The Leafs have a desperate need in net. And if guess I, who has a guess who has a, just, a position of strength in Calgary in goal? Yeah. Guess guess what general manager is in Toronto who knows Dan Vladar very well. Oh, it's, it makes sense. It's Does it make a lot of sense? Do the, you, I don't think you trade Tanev with them, but you might if there's a the bigger th- deal the thing potentially. Is, the, the Leafs have... They have no cap space, though. They, ha- they do. They have 1.459 mil. Not not a ton. Obviously not enough to bring in Dan Vladar because Vladar is making two, uh, a little over two. It would have to be... A, you're going to have to take on some salary or and whatnot, but it does make sense. And, and if you're listening to Sheldon Keefe last night, uh, that injury doesn't sound good for Joe Wall. I don't think they trust Elias Samsonov. They don't trust Elias Samsonov. He's he's he got sick on Saturday. He hasn't been seen since. It's been a week. Uh, Martin Jones was recalled a couple days ago. He's likely to step in now to be the starting goaltender for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, God love him. But yeah, it, it does it does make a ton of sense that the I, I again I'm not privy. To, I mean Montreal makes sense. They got three goalies. If Jake Allen's a name for Toronto, but they'd make a move with the Habs in season, that's tough. Yep. Um just thinking like if Dustin Wolf wants to play like that more often, and I think and, and, and so what? If he's going to have a bad game, so what? Cuz I think the Flames are in just literally just a, a game by game basis right now. Right. I think you're going to lose one, you're going to win one. It's all about finding ways to get young players in. Yeah. Trading Danville, I think once I think you want to obviously have make sure that Jacob Markstrom's going to be okay because I don't think he'd be trading Dan Vladar right now with Markstrom on the shelf with a, with a busted finger right now. Obviously, he could be back in a week. My man, so you think you can Oscar Donsk can get called up and be the backup? Then it's Wolf and Donsk on an NHL roster. Okay. But again, and that, that is a fully but, embracing. But Huska also the, said the this week that he's going to be back sooner yeah, than later. Yeah, like Markstrom should be back. That's fine. Before when, Christmas. They could potentially deal from a position of strength. I yep. just don't feel like the Flames are ready to deal Chris Tanev now Mm-mm. if the Leafs wanted to make this sort of deal because it makes the most sense Tan- to me right now. The, there's just way too much familiarity between these two organizations with who the general manager is in Toronto. Like it eventually these things are gonna happen and it's something we can ask Frank coming up about straight ahead, unless their show gets blown up with Shohei Otani <laughs> news. But it's something that I want to ask him about because it just makes too much sense. There's just too many dots to connect here. Or not there's a lot of dots that are already connected. Here's if that makes any here's sense. Here's a question a bad for you. analogy. Yeah. Uh Chris Tanev, arguably right now, probably one of the best defensive defensemen in the NHL. Yeah. Do you keep him holding on to him? His value will go up, but you also risk him getting banged up as the season. He's also goes thirty-four on. years He's old. He's also thirty-four years old. How like what's his value at 
is it higher right now? Yeah. Or is it higher in March and, when he's got more more tread on the tires? Yeah. Or more more miles on those tires, even more more action, of more course, banged up because he only knows he only knows how to play one way. Yeah. And and to your point, uh, Leslie and franchise talked about it last night during the intermission. Rasmus Vanderson uh, told Eric, "Like, why would we trade our fr- like? That's he's what our mean. most important player. He's he's such an incredible leader. The Flames in the are room. a different team when he's not playing. right and." Who knows? Maybe Dustin Wolf and Jacob Markstrom. Who knows? Maybe they get red hot. The Flames can fight their way into a playoff spot here. I don't know. Because nobody, the only outside of like LA winning another road game last night, which is absurd. They're 11 0 0 on the road, which is absolutely insane. Mm-hmm. Like the Western Conference is, it's very top heavy. The Central is a lot better than a lot of people thought heading in. For they, now. They, for now. They've got, like, they've got five again, playoff you know teams. I don't trust the Jets ever. Well, I, I get that the they Jets. haven't been. They haven't. It's yeah. been a first half team. Yeah, that kind of dies in the second half. We'll see. I think Connor Hellebuck is getting a lot more rest. Yep, which is there to their benefit and to everybody else's uh, a problem because Hellebuck not playing seventy games in a season is huge. Yep. Um, Colorado, Dallas. I mean, I think you know, with this road trip for the Flames coming up. Yes, they're in Denver. They're on on Monday. Then they're into Vegas. Vegas doesn't scare me right now. They are not playing good hockey. They had a huge, great start, and I think now it's like like Vancouver and like everybody else regressing to the mean. You're seeing more of what really Vegas is. This is a team that's played a lot more hockey. Yeah, they are a little bit more flawed. They have a little bit more injuries. Like that, the Shea Theodore injury is huge. Alec Martinez injury is huge. Yep. The West is a lot more. It is very top heavy, but the Flames need to start piling up points because if they fall down before any more here, they fall six, eight points out before Christmas. It might be lights out. Uh, all right, Frank Cervalli, straight ahead, NHL Daily Faceoff. Uh, we'll ask him if, if there's any chance that we could have those two teams coming together uh, for a deal, especially now with Joseph Wall down for the Toronto Maple Leafs. We're still taking your text messages at 960-960, name and location. Day five of our Wild Rose Brewery, uh, 12 days of Christmas. The Flames come back to win games like I always come back to blank. The Flames come back to win games like I always come back to win blank. And just a little disclaimer here: If Shohei Otani signs with the Blue Jays, we're we're just going to randomly give away the prize on our text line later because we won't be on because we have to throw things to Toronto nationally. Okay, I'm just saying that's the plan. We'll text Brent Cron, tell him to sleep in, or just go to work early. But as of right now, we're going to talk to Frank. We have our eyes on Twitter. <laughs> I just saw somebody from the score who's a member of the Baseball Writers Association of America saying that Yusei Kikuchi's wife is in Toronto right now. So what does that mean? I don't know. Is that bigger than the flight news? I don't, it could, it's, it's, it's at the same level okay. of the flight news. She's having dinner with Kikuchi's wife. I don't know. May, uh, with Shohei's wife. Oh, show, yeah, that's what it is. Maybe. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it's an exciting morning. Big show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, the fan. It's the big show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, the fan, live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio at the top of the hour. Our Flames big show analyst, Mr. Brent Cron, in studio. The Cobra will join us. We're giving away day five of our Wild Rose Brewery, 12 Days of Christmas, where we open on the air our advent calendar for today. We're asking you, the Flames come back to win games like I always come back to blank. The Flames come back to win games like I always come back to blank. 960, 960. Name and location. Uh, we're on Shohei Otani watch right now because John Morosi of the MLB Network reporting that the decision apparently is imminent. I play Shohei Otani around two o'clock in Toronto. Oh, here we go. Enough of the plane. Enough of the planes. It's getting me too excited. <laughs> Enough of the planes. Two o'clock. Enough of the planes. Sportsnet today. You're getting 
Preempted. Yeah, um, <laughs> preempted. Um, but right now, uh, our man Frank Cervalli, NHL insider for Daily Faceoff, brought to you by South Trail Exports. With inventory shortages across the city, it's the perfect time to sell your vehicle for cash. Visit SouthTrailExports.com. Frank, good morning. How are you? I'm pretty good, boys. How you doing? We're, it's it's a little exciting here. Uh, much like when your Phillies signed Bryce Harper, that was super exciting, I'm sure. Except the people... double the money. Yeah, but okay, but... Newsflash for you, Frank. Uh, the overlords of this radio station, uh, they got a lot of bank. They're the <laughs> richest owners in baseball. Did you know that? That Rogers is the richest owners in baseball? I did not know that. Yeah, they are. It's just they choose not to spend all that incredible bank. But yeah, they, they have more money than anybody if they want to. It's just they don't spend it. They're always a top five to ten payroll in baseball, but they are the richest owners in baseball. They could outbid the Dodgers if they want to. It's just if they want to, they have shareholders to answer to. I'm giving you this whole diatribe on Rodgers and the Blue Jays baseball and how it works. But yeah, they're the richest owners in baseball. Even, um, what's his name? The agent, super agent. Why am I blanking? Scott Boris? Yeah, he said they're the richest owners in baseball a couple of years ago, too, at the winter meetings. But it's true, they are. And Shohei Otani That's might be big. coming to Toronto. And we, we have this big plan. I'm going to let you peek behind the curtain. If he does sign with the Blue Jays, we blow up our show. We go to Toronto, and it's this big national show they're doing. Isn't that exciting? That's amazing. Okay. I don't. I, I feel a little sarc. My sarcasm, my internal sarcasm <laughs> meter is going off right now, Frank. It, it's it. Yeah. There's some. There's some there. Okay. All right. Um. Can I? Can but I? What if? Here, so let me ask you the question. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, ask me any question about this. That needs to be asked. Yeah. What if he never pitches again? He. But he's going to pitch again. Just not this year. Yeah. It, but it, it will. But but Frank, he's still a top five hitter in baseball. I, I get it. But yeah. He but might... is he worth double the cost of any other free agent ever if yeah. he never pitches again? And and again, this is this is something that it's not like it's hockey or football where it's a hard cap. The Blue Jays would pay a luxury tax, but who cares? Like you, it's literally the well, they're, old... they'd make a lot of it back. Oh honestly. my god, yeah, the streaming to back to Japan, the Japanese advertising at Rogers Center. He'd be like a brand ambassador for Rogers. Like this thing just makes. Business sense. It makes a ton of business sense. Okay. And everything that Shohei Otani. Just asking the question. Yeah, no, no problem. Pitch again. Yeah, no problem. Like, I'm just, uh, and worst case scenario is Frank, he actually could be the closer one day for the Blue Jays because he's still, he'll be, he'll still throw in the high 90s to 100 miles an hour. It's, he's unlike anything we've seen in baseball in yeah. almost 100 years. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. It's, uh, it's super exciting right now. And now we're, we're, the flight logs are in, Frank. Did you ever get fished into that as, as oh, your insider I, I'm duty? I'm a big flight aware guy. Yeah, you know, like these planes are flying here. So now you're oh, thinking yeah. Shoei Otani's on that plane? I'm, I'm all over it. Okay. All right. Um, wanted to ask you this. Got my. Oh, let, me fill, uh, let me fill in the blank. Let me answer your question. About flights? No, about the Flames. Okay, yeah. This is my question. I, my spidey sense went off last night with Joseph Wall going down for the Maple Leafs. There's mm -hmm. obviously connections between the Flames and the Maple Leafs here. Are there? A little bit. Um, I, li I like that you're sassy this morning, too. I like sassy, Frank. I enjoy that. Um, any any reason why the uh, the Leafs wouldn't be super interested in, in Dan Vladar if they can open up a little bit of cap space? No, I think they would be, for sure. What would that I, cost? I just... I think it's a second round pick. I think that's what the Flames are looking for. Can can the Leafs move out enough money to make that happen? Because I don't think I don't think the Flames would be in position to wanna eat some money back, would they? No, that that'd be the thing. Um 
I think the bigger question is, and I'm just double checking here, if I'm not mistaken, the Leafs don't Leafs don't have any second round picks. Mm. Which is kind of problematic. Yeah. And it's obviously he or this potentially could be part of a bigger deal, maybe. Well, that could be a thing. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Instead of two defensemen, it could be a goalie and a defenseman. Yeah. How and again, um, I know uh, Eric and uh, Ryan Leslie, Eric Francis, Ryan Leslie talked about it on the intermission last night. Rasmus Anderson said to Eric that uh, he'd be surprised if they traded Tanev. The guy means so much into the room and what he represents. It's way too early to trade Chris Tanev unless the Calgary Flames get absolutely blown away, right? I mean, I think in the here and now it is. Unless someone's meeting a price that you think is really knocks your socks off and says, hey, yeah, this makes sense for us now and moving forward, then if you're in the hunt and you want to be in the hunt and that's your goal, yeah. that's your mission and mandate, then no, I think you have to hang on to him for a bit. I do think you have to be concerned about the injury front. I know that some people think it's overblown and he's missed, what, 17 games in his four-year tenure as a flame? Mm -hmm. But the longer you hang on to him, the more there's risk that you might not be able to move him is also something that I think you have to keep in the back of your head. But for right now, when your team is showing some fight, I, I think at this point, be patient unless someone knocks your socks off. Uh, we know that in this city, uh, a lot of people, and this happens, a lot of Canadian markets are guilty of this. They kind of overvalue their players and what they should be getting on the open market. Is Chris Tanev worth, worth the first round pick to you? I think he's probably worth a lead first, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think he's a top four defenseman in the league. Uh, moving away from the Flames, Frank, uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, they they tough one last night against Nashville. I know Jonas Johansson was the goaltender uh, of record, but uh, Vasilevsky, uh, he's got a an 899 save percentage since coming back. The Lightning have a minus four goal differential overall on the year, and it feels like if Kucherov and Point aren't going – um, they're not going. Are there? Is there any sort of concern with Tampa Bay? They're they're obviously a, a cap tight team. They've got Steven Stamkos wanting a new deal or, or whatnot. But what, what, do you have a sense of what's going on in Tampa Bay? Not really any concern for me. Okay. I mean, for one, this is a team that I think took their foot off the gas a little bit when Vasilevsky came back. I think part of that's human nature. You know, they had played so well with Johansson and Net for a huge chunk of that time. I think they've got a group of regulars in their lineup that have been around the block multiple times and understand that the only point of the regular season is to get in. Yeah. You can barely improve your chances to get to the final or win a Stanley cup based on regular season standing because home ice is really kind of overvalued and you still have to go through the same teams or path more or less that you would with a bracket. So I, I don't think they're overly concerned. I don't have much concern in terms of will the Tampa Bay Lightning at the end of the day be a playoff team. When you've got that base, and as well as Kucherov has played, by the way, mm -hmm. um, I mean, he's he's right at the top of my hard trophy ballot between him, Pasternak, and Panarin. I mean, mm -hmm. it's it's been outrageous the way that he's played this season. Hedman seems like he's having his best year in three years. Vasilevsky at some point will find his game. No, I mean, when you don't play for the first two months of the season and then mm -hmm. you're 
you're thrown in there. It's it's not easy, and I'm sure there's an adjustment period that he'll get warmed up and he'll turn he'll turn back into his old self. Uh, Frank, is that just the reality of a hard cap league? Like we're gonna have a lot of these conversations. Like the Penguins are in there, the Blackhawks were in there before they did their fire sale, and now essentially the Lightning, who if they get their act together, is obviously still legitimate Stanley Cup contender. But that's just the price to pay for multiple championships. You had to sign all these guys to long-term deals. They're not going anywhere. It'll be an aging team. That's just the reality of a hard cap league when you're very successful. Yeah, it sucks for Lightning fans that maybe they're not as good as maybe they should be or will be ever again. But banners fly forever. That's just the reality of the NHL today. Well, I'll take it a step further, and I'll say that it's it's a reality in all of pro sports, not just salary right. cap leagues. I mean, it's the cyclical nature of pro sports. You've got a team that's in the mix winning championships or going on deep playoff runs for a significant stretch of time. You do everything you can to keep that core together. Mm-hmm. And then at some point they age out of that window and you're tr- trying to plug the holes of, Hey, this guy left this guy, you know, I've got this hole in my lineup. I've got to do this, that it's it's not easy to do the lightning have tried to do it by bringing in guys like brandon hagel who seems to be a great fit tanners you know maybe not so much nick paul they get from the ottawa senators they've continued to try and draft and develop when possible but when you don't have first round picks and and sometimes even second round picks you're you're picking for the first time in the draft in the fourth round it's going to catch up to you at some point it just is and you know at some point you're going to be asking Mikhail Sergachev to be your top defenseman when Victor Hedman invariably, you know, father time catches up to him. And they've got maybe, I'd say, two, three more years in this current window, maybe until Kucherov's contract is up, where they can really kind of chase it here and try and keep everyone together. And then after that, they're going to have to try and reboot. Uh, maybe a window that is uh, getting close to slamming shut in that Eastern Conference. Uh, what happens to the Pittsburgh Penguins if they miss again? It's a great question. And in some ways, you think back to the summer, Kyle Dubas's first summer as general manager of the Pittsburgh Penguins, they kind of doubled down, right? Yeah. You take on a commitment in Eric Carlson that stretches out three more seasons beyond this one at 10 million bucks. He's 33 right now. He'll be 37 when the deal's up. Mm. And you're like, how is this team possibly going to compete with an average age of 33 years old? It's they're the oldest team in the league by a wide margin. And they've got guys that have all this term. Malkin has two years left. Uh, I'm, you know, Crosby, I don't think fits into that category with how elite he's played at this level this year, but Chris Letang has four more years left after this one. I mean, it's, they're in a tough spot and they, their thought process has been, well, since we have this term, we might as well just throw one more onto the pile, but they gave up more future assets to do it in their first round pick. And now if you don't make it, it just further compounds and disrupts how quickly you can turn it over into the next group. And they're going to enter a period of probably eight to 10 years of darkness. Mm. But I guess in the grand scheme of things, would you, would you do that if you've won three Stanley cups with that core, would you give up 10 years in the future? And this is the question to ask 
all fan bases. If you've won three cups, would you accept 10 years later of darkness? Well, that's what I mean. Like hundred percent. Pittsburgh came out of a, a super dark time to go right back in. I don't know if, I don't think it'll get back to like their, their igloo days pre Crosby. You think it would be like where their fans aren't showing a, up and yeah, I think it's ugh. a sports town ugh. that they want to win. Steelers, man. Ooh. You're not winning. They don't show up. Mm. Wow. Which is why they're trying to milk every last dollar out of this group. That's fair. Frank Saravalli, NHL insider for Daily Faceoff, brought to you by South Trail Exports, Big Show, Russick and Rose, Patrick Dumas, and Sportsnet 960, the fan. How hot why do you, is... Why uh, do you think pa- uh, Kyle Dubas got a seven-year deal, by the way? Because he knows that if this goes sideways, he, he needed some security to say, yeah. what's the point of me being here? Hmm. Um, how hot is that seat for DJ Smith right now? I I honestly don't think it's that hot. Really? Only because every indication that I continue to get from people close to the Sens is they don't want to make the change. They continue to languish. They've got a ton of games in hand, but I was, again, just with Michael Anlauer, their their owner at the Board of Governors meeting in Seattle earlier this week, and he, he's paying attention. He's keeping notes. But every time I've asked the question privately, is there any thought process to to making a coaching change? And it's like, no, we want stability. So until they decide to pull the plug, I I mean, it, he hears the chance. They hear the, the fans asking or, or screaming fire DJ. They hear that raining down in Canadian Tire Center. It's just that they're really reluctant to do so. Has Tim Stutzla been a little disappointing for them this season? I think the whole team's been a little disappointing, to be mm. honest. What did you make of uh, Patrick Kane's debut last night for the Red Wings? I thought he was really good. You know, I know that didn't show up on the point sheet, but just watching him impact the game, make plays, little subtle things in his game, I, I feel really confident in the prediction I made, which is, He's going to play at an 85-point pace to finish out the year. North of a point per game. That's what the Detroit Red Wings are getting. Uh, The Edmonton Oilers uh, and Philip Broberg, uh, he wants, I guess, out of Edmonton. They've loaned him down to Bakersfield. How Mm -hmm. do you think that's going to end up settling up in Edmonton? It's probably just going to stay status quo for a bit. Mm -hmm. From an asset management standpoint, I don't think it makes very much sense for the Oilers to trade Philip Broberg at his absolute lowest value. I think you've got to let him play. And unfortunately for them, they just don't have the rope and runway to to let him play and figure it out at the NHL level. They're in a spot where every night matters. Every game matters. Even though it looks like they're back, they've still got some ground to make up to get back in the mix. And it's looking better now for them. It, you know, I think they're going to be above 500 before Christmas, which... They needed to get there probably by like mid to late January. So they're on track to turn it around. But you can't just say, hey, we're going to sit out some vets or we're going to play seven defensemen so that Broberg can get his confidence back and find himself. That's just not how the NHL works. And he's got a crisis of confidence. He's frustrated. He wants to play. I get where he's at. Um, he, he's just thinking, how am I ever going to gain the trust here if every time I make a mistake, I'm a healthy scratch the next game. Mm-hmm. And that's a tough spot for any young player to be in. Is it more, could this be more of like a, a Yusuf Valimaki situation or an Ole uh, Ulevi situation? Uh, oh, man. 
two names you you don't really want to be compared to. No. Valimaki is different because of the injury. Yeah. Because Valimaki was trending. Like at some point, we had seen some really good play out of Valimaki that I thought he was going to be a fixture in a top four for a long time. I know the Flames felt that too. Mm-hmm. And then you have that knee injury, and all of a sudden, you're in a really tough spot in your career to make it back. I have a feeling it's at least with Broberg, it's not so much that he's failed the test, Mm -hmm. although there is some onus on him. It's that he really hasn't been tested yet. Uh, At the NHL Board of Governors meetings, it sounds like uh, the cap's going to be going up at least $4.2 next year. With that knowledge now, do you think teams will be feeling a little bit more comfortable to maybe make an extension? Does this help guys like Elias Pettersson, William Nylander situations out? Does it maybe entice guys to make more trades with guys with term, uh, knowing, that, knowing that they have a little bit more money to deal with next year? I don't think it changes anything. Okay. I think teams have known for a while that the cap is going up 5%. It's right in the document. Um, so this was really just an affirmation of that, mm. that you know, since the debt is paid off or will be paid off by the end of the season from players to owners, that it's going up at least $4.2 million. I think there's a real potential that it's more. And if they were to get a signal from anyone that it is more, that's when you could begin to maybe think a little Mm. bit differently than you have. But for a while now, everyone's been kind of programmed to know that the cap's going up 5% next summer. What does that mean for a guy like William Nylander? Like, is he he a lock to sign with the Maple Leafs? Are they in that situation where um, they're locking in all of these guys, and they should because these are franchise-type players, but... Uh, being up against the cap, sinking all your money into a top three or four players and not having a championship to show for it. Is he a lock to sign there? I I don't think so. I mean... Do you really see, a, do you really see him leaving Toronto? Because I don't. And again, you would know better than I would, but I'm just saying like my my sense working in that market for as long as I have, I just, I just don't see a scenario where eventually they just don't work something out. And I don't think the Leafs are too concerned about it either. Well, they're obviously going to push, but the fact yeah. that it hasn't gotten done yet is that maybe he just wants to test the market. I, I mean, it's hard to answer because my guess is the way he's played this season and how ridiculously good he's been that the Leafs are throwing everything that they can at him. Would that be the biggest UFA since Tavares? I think so. Yeah. Hmm. Where would he go if it was in Toronto, you think? I don't know. Someone that has a pile of money, which there are many teams that have that. <laughs> right. Does he want to win or does he want to make some money? <laughs> well, that's, that's kind of the age old question, yeah. right? Like what, what's your goal? And I think there's a, a healthy medium that exists where the other, the other part of the equation here is the Leafs are in a tough spot. And I think the one thing Brad true living's really recognized is this team can't win with their defense core as currently assembled. They just can't. They're not They're not competitive. I don't think they're a Stanley Cup contender right now with this defense core. Do you look at players whose dads played in the league and know the business differently than maybe other UFAs and how they handle these situations? I look at the Nylander one especially different because his dad was kind of known as a player, as a difficult guy on that front. Hmm. And he developed a reputation for that. And I'm sure that that part you know, not fills his son's head, but certainly makes him think differently at times when it comes to 
you know, basically how he thinks and, and views the marketplace for sure. Um, Frank, we always appreciate your time before I let you go. Um, how is the city of Philadelphia dealing with that beatdown at the hands of the 49ers last week? Not good. I don't know if you guys saw the, so the, the Eagles practice facility is across the street from the stadium. Okay. And when the team showed up at 7am the next morning to roll into the facility, there was two guys standing outside of the gate <laughs> with like an eight foot sign that just said, run the ball. Oh, wow. Did you see the David Carr uh, take that they should sign? Uh, they should start Marcus Mariota this week. Come on. <laughs> From NFL Network. You didn't see that? I, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I just, my, that's my reaction. To yeah. It. Just stop it. Yeah. It's, it's absolute lunacy. Um, it'll be a good game this week in Dallas against the Cowboys. That's a big yeah, one. It's That'll be super fun. Basically, the playoff structure. Yeah, it's a division, man. Uh, Frank, yeah. um, thanks for this. Uh, we're going to have really different days. We are constantly refreshing Twitter, looking for Shoei Otani news, and you keep scouring hockey stuff. Thanks for this, pal. Yeah, well, hey, the Flames keep coming back in the third period like I come back to the buffet. <laughs> okay, I like there that. We can use that. <laughs> we can absolutely use that. Thanks, pal. We'll talk to you soon. See you guys. Frank Saravalli brought to you by South Trail Exports. With inventory shortages across the city, it's the perfect time to sell your vehicle for cash. Visit SouthTrailExports.com. Straight ahead, the Cobra is <laughs> in the studio. He's here. here. The Cobra is here. He has slithered into the studio. We'll get his take on the uh, Flames 3-2 comeback win over the Carolina Hurricanes last night. Uh, we're taking your text messages for day five of our Wild Rose Brewery, 12 Days of Christmas. And we're on Shohei Otani Watch. Otani Watch. It's the big show. Russ is going to Sportsnet 960, the fan.